Dan's Drive-In Double Feature presents The Last Slumber Party Minute, a minute-by-minute podcast covering Steven Tyler's The Last Slumber Party, copyright 1988. Your host, Daniel R. Budnick. You can call him Dan. Now, listen to this. Episode 42, Minute 42. Hey, everybody, it's Dan. Uh, Chris is up from her dream. She's woken up from her dream, and it is 3 a.m. Let's see what happens next, and where the heck is Scott? And did Dr. Sickler ever come home? I don't think so. With the World Hunger Organization are responsible bringing the ILGP to South Florida for this event. Hello, everybody, I'm Steve Michael, and joining me in the broadcast booth today is our technical advisor and my broadcast partner for Mercury Performance Products. God, I need a fucking Valium. Hello? Hello, who is this? Damn it. Three o'clock in the morning? I don't need this kind of shit. Extra hundred horses under the cowl of the Mercury two-liter EFI engine. Hundred octane aviation fuel is standard for these engines. The third class performing today will be the Mod V. Okay, you guys, wake up. Which one of the homos has been? Wait a minute, that's not some late night news or something L- listen to that uh, listen to that announcer it's i mean does that sound some sort of um uh race auto racing thing or something like that he talks about horses under the whatever that sounds like and he says my partner in the booth that's sport there's some sort of uh, so it must be um maybe something horribly tape delayed no what where would it be tape delayed from if they're in louisiana um uh, what what sports what sporting event is playing at, at 3 a.m. unless it's like a late night replay of something I guess it could be that but but really at three in the morning I don't I don't know that seems a strange time to do that this is the thing I like about that is it, it reminds me of what is it in um, two films I love Rotor and the Hoongan and I may mix up which is which but in both of them there are scenes which um, by the chronology of the film take place late at night I mean um, the Hungan I, I, I don't know um, uh, very 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 late at night midnight-ish maybe or something like that even, maybe even later and, and in there and I'm, I'm going to mess I'm going to mess the two up I know I am but it's um, there, there's a scene in a diner and they're like a couple of waitresses and the cook. And I think you see the waitress. I hope this is... From, it's it's not going to matter. But you see the waitress like go out and there's like a mom and a daughter sitting there. And what do you guys want to eat? Okay, do this. Da-da-da-da-da. Okay, I'm there ordering food and it's all very... Whatever. Yeah, ordering some food, some dinner and everything. But it's like 1, one thirty in the morning or something like that. I mean, that's not to say they couldn't be there. But that just seems, that just seems strange. Almost like they forgot... That this was taking place at one or one thirty in the morning, I was like, "Oh ma, I can't sleep. Neither can I. Let's hit the diner." Okay, you know, it, and and the rotor. Forgive me, I'm on rotor. I think does it even worse because rotor rotor keeps showing you what time it is, and it's I don't even remember what time. It's maybe it's three in the morning. We're Sony, um, uh, Sonia there. She it, she goes into the diner. 
and she like sits down at a table and and again I could be mixing up the films here but there's like a TV playing something really loud and um, there are a bunch of people in the diner and the waitress says sorry the TV's up so loud but everyone wants to hear the, uh, everyone wants to hear the game I'm thinking what game it's the two or three in the morning what what game is playing and I like this too because this it's Ah, all films from the second half of the '80s, um, more or less. Um, yeah, more or less. Um, but I just, I just like the thought that they, they've sort of in, they, they're not thinking sort of like, okay, what would make sense to have happen here? You know, at a diner at three in the morning, um, they wouldn't have a TV with this. And the thing with the rotor is, it's like, why even mention it? You know, unless for some reason the diner said you could shoot here, but you can't turn the TV down. You know, it's clearly dark out outside, but it's, it's, I think it is. I think you can see it's dark out outside. Again, I'll have to check. I just, this just occurred, this just occurred to me right here as I was watching this minute. But I love those two moments, and I love this moment too, where you suddenly realize, wait a minute, that's some sort of sporting event? Hmm. And yeah, Chris, uh, Chris pads on over to the, um, uh, to her purse, which is right near the table with all the booze on it, and she gets the great F and Valium line, which I love. And of course, she's got some like prescription drugs in her purse. You know, it's funny, when I was in high school, the only time I ever got a prescription drug was I, when I got strep throat. And back in sort of late grade school, early high school, I used to get strep throat like once a year. But that was the only time I got it. Um, Jeez, and even when I got chicken pox in my senior year of high school, um, and I was out for a week and a half, there was no, you know, there 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 was no medication. So the fact that these gals have all this, and Tracy had all that medication, if that was her purse, all that medication, that's these gals love their freaking medication. Uh, can you blame them? It's probably all fantastic. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, the effort, and I love that the phone rings. And it must be they got a lot of phone lines going out. Well, they say the parents' phones, so Mrs. Sickler has her own phone. And um, Chris, uh, I does. I guess I'm guessing Linda probably has her own phone. You know, I'm guessing Linda does have her own phone too because the two of them aren't up. Because Chris goes right from the phone up to there, and neither of them are awake. And I'm sure the phone ringing at 3 a.m. would have made someone bolt upright. Bolt upright, action hero, and. So that so that's fu- funny then that I think there's a phone in their kitchen. You see a phone in their kitchen, but um, for far far as I know, in this house, every single phone is a different phone line. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but I like it. but I like the phone rings at 3 a.m. Chris picks it up. Oh, who is that? You know, and she's right at 3 a.m. She doesn't need this, uh, but it's still someone calling at 3 a.m. Eh. Mm. So yeah, then she she pads off upstairs and um, yeah, and her friends are sleeping. They're asleep in the bed. There's no bedspread. They didn't go and get another bedspread. They're just um, you know underneath a sheet and they look they look comfy cozy. You know, and we see again all the posters on the wall and everything, which is great. And uh, yeah, Chris storms in with uh, her line about homos and um, uh, yeah that I I I like that that. I mean, is she implying that her friends are the homos who made the call? Or are there other homos in the house that are making the call? Or, I mean, because technically, I mean, the, anyone who has the number from anywhere in the world could be making that call. So, but it just seems, seems it does seem a bit strange to get a call like that at 3 a.m. And that they, 
I guess the thing that makes it seem str- really strange is that if Linda has her own phone line, if the parents have their own phone line, and if the, sort of the downstairs has its own phone line, why did someone at 3 a.m. call that line? Why not call one of the lines upstairs in bedrooms where people were? Now, these could be questions that I can't answer. Uh, but still, un- unless, unless like the killer is at a phone somewhere and can see Chris through the window... Uh, standing at the table and has decided to call and give her a little scare. If so, the little scare didn't work. You just you just annoyed Chris. Congratulations, you just annoyed Chris. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's um that's this. Oh no, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm sorry. Okay, so we saw science and he dumped the body over the ladder, and then we saw um uh after uh, Linda dropped the scalpel out the window, we saw the killer pop up from behind the bed. Where is the killer and where is science? Where are these two grown men uh, with scalpels and, and, and blood on their hands? Where, where are they? Are they still in the room? Are they still around? I I guess I'm, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking they must not be in the room because I, you know, I, I can't see, you know, like I can tell when like one of my dogs is in my room in the dark. You know, I'm like, hey, you're in here, George, you're in here, Crumpet. You know, I can tell that. I can't imagine that, like, they're going in. And, I mean, think think about it, too. Um, Tom, Tommy's body is still hanging in the closet, I imagine. Billy's body, I guess, is hidden somewhere on the lawn. The two killers can't still be in the room. I'm, sh- I'm sure there must be a point where, like, one, they would have tried to do something. and Two, they would have heard them i mean just heard them breathing i mean that killer the the wide-eyed our official killer he looks like he's a heavy breather to me so yeah that, that's just strange i'm wondering where the killers are i guess we'll find out soon and we'll also maybe find out which one of you homos has been making whatever it is i guess phone calls is what chris is going to say next so let's take a deep breath and listen to this <laughs> 